Hello and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard and with me today is Daniel Kasali, our Chief Investment Strategist. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at why the global economy may avoid a hard landing, but also why markets may not like that. We're recording this on Monday the 6th of March 2023. And before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and that you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk, depending on the geographical region and industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you're unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. So welcome, Daniel. Hi, Cherry. Um, let's start with domestic matters. So Rishi Sunak appears to have secured a better deal on Brexit. Um, you've been reasonably positive on the UK. Um, do you think this is likely to help the performance of UK companies? Ah, the B word. Just to be clear, uh, the Prime Minister has potentially resolved the complicated issue of the Northern Ireland Protocol. But of course, this will be subject to DUP approval. So looking forward, there are three factors that could influence the performance of UK uh, equities. Uh, first is that the deal reduces the risk of a collapse of the UK-EU trade agreement that was made at the end of 2020 post-Brexit. So in a way, UK-listed companies' value could rise as investor confidence grows. Secondly, the UK is regarded as a cheaper investment option. For example, the UK is trading on 10.6 times 2023 earnings, and that's around a third cheaper than global stocks. And third, the UK has offers a higher dividend yield, we expect investors to seek these high returns in British companies that are backed up by income. OK, so finally, some good news from the UK. Um, there seems to be growing optimism that the world can avoid a sort of hard economic landing. Do you agree with that or do you think we might have just deferred it? Well, one key area of macroeconomic strength has been in labour markets around the world. For instance, if you look at the eurozone, the unemployment rate there is currently at 6.6%, and that's its lowest ratio on record. The numbers are also historic lows in the UK and the US. Another area of resilience is in company earnings. Essentially, firms have been able to pass on higher prices to offset higher wages and uh, energy costs. It's basically been a cost of living crisis for individuals, but a cost of living boom for companies. Risks of a soft or a hard landing do seem finely balanced, however. And I know I ask this question every time we have these podcasts, but uh, where are we on inflation, do you think? Well, finally, we can see that inflation appears to have peaked in many parts of the world. Uh, and this reduces the need for central banks to raise interest rates significantly, more than what they would have already done already. So if you look in the US, inflation has decelerated uh, since June, and it's also started to decelerate in the UK as well. So these are positive points on the inflation front. Um then we've also had China reopening. Um, I know this is sort of going back to November, but it has it has got economists quite excited that it might sort of galvanise the global economy. Um, are you seeing that showing up in economic data already or is it a bit soon? Uh, no, it is showing up already. I mean, if you go back to when they start to uh, reopen, this came after three years of lockdowns. 
And it really came after those multiple protests in uh, cities across the mainland during the autumn. And now they've started to open up. We are starting to see it in some of the macro data. So, for example, the latest manufacturing surveys rebounded to levels that are consistent with uh, faster output growth. Policy has also been loosened, particularly in credit growth. And as a lead indicator, this does suggest that GDP can recover well into 2023. And I mean, that all that all paints quite a good picture of the global economy. Um, and yet markets have been a bit, I mean, I mean, not bad, but kind of lacklustre uh, in recent weeks. You know, what, why do you think that might? Well, markets are showing signs of recovery uh, and have rallied nearly 10% from a low uh, last October in sterling terms. So that should keep investors a little bit happy. Uh, the market rally is really based on a lower risk of an economic hard landing resilient company earnings and peaking inflation and interest rates. But even even with that sort of relative optimism, there does seem to have been a change in sort of market priorities. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? Uh, investors are adjusting their portfolios to the risk of inflation staying higher in the future. So that means a switch away from some of the growth-led uh, tech stocks, particularly in the US, to more value areas of the market. And this includes sectors such as energy, materials and consumer staples. And obviously, interest rates have been quite a preoccupation for markets for some time. I mean, do you think that is likely to continue in the next few months, even though there's kind of more visibility on where we're going with interest rates? Well, certainly it's a key risk that we're monitoring and it could happen uh, for the next couple of months or so. But here's the paradox. We've got improving growth expectations. And this raises concern that central banks will keep interest rates higher for longer. So this makes uh, forecasting the economic outlook challenging. We also need to consider the market uncertainty created from higher rates. So the impact of tighter monetary policy happens with a lag and has probably not yet been fully fed into the economy. For instance, if you look at sales activity in the US residential sector, uh, this has really started to decelerate quite sharply and could have an impact on the overall economy there in the US. Okay. And um, I mean, while we're on the subject of risks, um, we did have our Chinese balloon incident um, last month. I mean, are you troubled by the rise in geopolitical tensions and kind of the, the increasing kind of war of words between China and the US? Yeah, so the hullabaloo about the Chinese balloon. I mean, of course, we're monitoring the geopolitics closely. Uh, what we can say is Sino-US tensions have deteriorated following the downing of that uh, Chinese balloon entering US airspace. We've also seen uh, that China's declined a call from the US Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, during these ongoing balloon wars. And also the Secretary of State in the US, Anthony Blinken, he recently warned China not to supply Russia with le lethal aid in its war with the Ukraine. It's safe to say that uh, relations between Beijing and Washington are not improving. There's also other geopolitical concerns out there from a potential NATO confrontation with the Russian military in Ukraine and also strained Western relations with Iran over the acceleration of its nuclear and missile programs. These are key risks for investors to monitor. Um, and can you give us an overall roundup of your positioning at the moment? Well, considering the world's major economies like Europe, China and the US are all beating current economists' low growth expectations, there is room for global GDP to surprise the upside in 2023 and to mitigate these geopolitical concerns. However, it is quite finely balanced in terms of the economic outlook. Nevertheless, we think that this creates opportunities in equity markets to recover 
after last year's sell-off. And where do those opportunities lie? I mean, it, it feels like investors may be starting to look outside the US. Certainly, you know, there's been a uh, European markets have looked stronger than uh, the S&P 500 since the start of the year. Yes, exactly. Uh, Europe XUK is looking more interesting. If we look at European stocks, they've rallied as market risks declined. For instance, uh, the risk of an energy rationing in Europe has been invert averted as sky-high gas and electricity prices have come down to levels seen before Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, these lower energy prices and stronger expected demand from China from its reopening has also uh, raised expectations of European exports. And this too has fed through into consumer and business optimism. Analysts, believe it or not, have tentatively begun to revise up their EU uh, company earnings expectations as well. So these are all positive news coming from Europe. Okay, any lingering risks? Certainly. The ECB, uh, they've raised interest rates by three percentage points in six months. So that's the fastest period of monetary tightening since its inception more than 20 years ago. Uh, so as this works its way through the real economy, it could potentially lead to increased debt defaults, which of course in turn could trouble the banking system there. Uh, the health of financially vulnerable countries in the Eurozone, like Spain and Italy, is another concern for markets. But on balance, given that MSCI Europe XUK, its price to earnings ratio is still historically steep at about 20% discount to the rest of the developed markets, there appears to be opportunity as the continent stages an economic recovery. So it's actually plausible that Europe XUK stocks could outpace the US? Uh, certainly it's possible. I mean, staggeringly, if you look at Europe, its equity market, it's nearly matched the performance of the US tech-heavy Nasdaq since the post-pandemic trough in March of 2020. And that's because in a higher inflationary environment, US stocks are more sensitive to interest rates and have underperformed. Europe XUK does not have as much vulnerability to interest rates, and possibly they could outperform the US in this environment. Okay, interesting. It would certainly be a big reversal from the past few years. Um, okay, thank you, Daniel, for that comprehensive roundup. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including Daniel's latest Outlook. Ben Seeger-Scott will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode, and we'd love to have you join us then if you can. Please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so, and you can rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time.